everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. I'm PF, this is my tape recorder, and welcome to another special edition of the tape recorder. We're going to do another special series for the next couple of weeks, and it's going to involve the Beach Boys. I was watching YouTube one day and stumbled across these fellas. I can't remember what they are called. Uh, Listicle or Listverse or something like that. Uh, I'll look them up for you and, and tell you down the road here in the show. Uh, I'll pause and look them up for you, but there was these three fellas, and I guess they rank albums by different artists all the time, and they're, they're ranking uh, Beach Boys albums. So I was keen, and uh, it was really interesting. They don't play any of the music, but they just list what they think the best albums are by a particular artist, and it was really very interesting. So they did the Beach Boys. Uh, two of the guys are big Beach Boys fans. The one guy, not so much, but still likes the Beach Boys, and it was kind of funny because at the end, when they were wrapping this up, I thought, well, I'm kind of in line with, with the one fella here. And it turns out he's the one that isn't really the huge Beach Boys fan. But I I liked his rankings the best. I was mostly in line with him. And he wraps it up by saying uh, the two other guys are like, oh, yeah, Beach Boys. One guy, it's his favorite group. The other guy, it's like oh, top two or three uh, favorite groups. And then the, the other guy that I was in line with is kind of like, yeah, they're probably the best vocal group. But as a band, I'd rank them, I don't know, 40 to 60. And I was like, what? What? How do you rank the Beach Boys 40 or 60? That's insane. Like, who do you put before that? I mean, I, I'm not keen on these people, but I, okay, I would understand a Led Zeppelin. Um, I am keen on the Who, I'd understand that, or the Kinks, who I love, or the Stones, obviously. I, I can understand where you would put some groups above the Beach Boys. Uh, I personally wouldn't, but I could. I, you could make that argument. I would say, oh, I could see where you would you'd think. But 40 or 60, that was just crazy to me. Okay, so I'll look those guys up later because I want to plug their show. It was really very good. And I kind of, I'm ripping this idea off because um, after they did the albums, they did uh, top 10 Beach Boys songs, or favorite songs. And I thought, gee, that's really hard to do. So I cheated. Uh, I did it. I did two different lists. Beach Boys covers the top 10, which this episode is, and then we're going to do Beach Boys originals, which will be the next episode, and then I will attempt to rank the albums, probably do it in three episodes, do it like there's 29 albums, we're going to do 27, and I'll explain why when we get to that episode, why we're only doing 27, and uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll do it probably in chunks of nine, so it'll be a little more manageable. So anyway, we're going to do top 10 Beach Boys covers today, and the reason I did it this way is because three of my favorite songs come from, you know, the big album, and I didn't want to make the whole top 10 pet sounds heavy, so I cheated <laughs> to do covers. And, you know, the Beach Boys didn't do as many covers as I thought. I mean, they've done a lot of covers, but I thought this was going to be, like, a big, long list, and really, there really are only about 10 that are, I would say, pretty well-known. Uh, one of my other favorite albums by them, 15 Big Ones, is like half covers and half originals. And even though I love that album, it's one of my favorites. It'll probably end up highly in my list of Beach Boy albums when we rank them. I'm not really keen on the covers. I think they could have just put one or two of them on, still had eight or nine songs and been a proper album, and they would have been fine. So anyway, we're going to start with, uh, I guess we'll start with, we'll go from the bottom up. So and number 10 comes from that very same album. 15 Big Ones, and it is one of the ones I like. It is one of the first songs I heard by the Beach Boys because it was a hit in 1976 on the charts. Got the number five, I think, this did. And it was a cover of Chuck Berry's Rock and Roll Music, and here it is. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Any old way you choose it. 
if you wanna dance with me I have no kicks against modern jazz Unless they try to play it too darn fast And change the beauty of the melody Until it sounds just like a symphony That's why I go for that rock and roll music Any old way you choose it Rock and roll music, Beach Boys covering Chuck Berry. What a tune. I love what they did with that one. See, some of the covers they do on 15 Big Ones, they, the stuff they do doesn't really enhance the song. But this I like where they had the, the little hook, that rock, roll, rock, and and roll, which is probably a Mike Love invention, I'm going to guess. Uh, we come up to Cotton Fields now, the Cotton Song. And I can't remember what album this originally appeared on because it's it's ended up on a bunch of compilations there are a bunch of different versions out there i think i have the correct version here it's a folk song and al jardine was always keen on doing folk songs so he would always uh have brian do folk songs and this is one of the ones he did he does his own mix of it it appears on rarities it uh, appears other places like there's tons of different mixes of it i think this is the original mix Cotton Fields, the Cotton Song, lead vocal, Al Jardine. Cotton Fields, The Cotton Song. It comes from the album 2020, a very fine album. We'll see where that ends up in the ranking of Beach Boys albums in two weeks. Uh, can't wait to figure this one out. That's going to be really hard. Doing the top ten songs wasn't too difficult here uh, for both the originals and covers, but uh, the album's ranking is going to be a little more difficult. In any case, oh, and I uh, listography is the thing you want to look up on YouTube. Uh, c- considering they don't play any music and they mostly just talk, it's very compelling. I stay tuned for the whole thing, and they, they're, they're charming guys, so do check them out. Listography on YouTube. Find out where they ranked it. All kinds of people's albums. So we're in, let me see, we had, that was not a 10, 9, so we're at 8. Come go with me, come or come on go with me. Uh, it was really done by the Dell Vikings from McKeesport, Pennsylvania. And again, this is uh, Al Jardine's doing. This originally appeared on the MIU album, and I was reading on the Beach Boys Facebook page that the mix, I think, that became a hit actually was remixed by Brian. And here's a perfect example, and we'll discuss this when we get to the albums. But, you know, if you've listened to the show and listened to me talk about the Beach Boys, you know that there is a, uh, I guess uh, there's two camps among the Beach Boys faithful, or there can be. Uh, some people, there's, they're in, it's just one camp, but other, there's Team Mike and Team Brian. And, of course, Team uh, Brian hates Team Mike, and Team Mike does not hate Team Brian at all. <laughs> so, it's a funny thing. But anyway, the, the main 
uh, argument, I guess, of the Team Brian folks that, that hate Mike Love is that Mike Love just kind of rode on Brian's coattails, which, I mean, yes, you could certainly make that argument. Uh, and, you know, in the scope of the band, certainly uh, Mike needed Brian more than Brian needed Mike, although, you know, Mike added a lot to, you know, to, to Brian's compositions, so did a lot of other people. So Brian would have been just fine working with other people, as you know he did. He worked with Roger Christensen and Tony Asher and people like that, Van Dyke Parks, and you know Mike. I think would have had a little harder time finding someone of you know, Brian's stature to be at the, have those as great a songs as he ended up contributing to. Okay, so anyway, uh, what what uh, Come On Go with Me illustrates here is that. Brian just needs to be be near the recording, and they get it. They get so much more out of it. Like you know, Pet Sounds. Of course, he's super involved. Other albums, he's not so much involved, but he's around. They recorded at his house some of the albums, and again, we'll explain this when we, when we get to the actual albums rankings. But as long as he's around somewhere, it's much better. So MIU, he's not really much around. I don't think he even made the trip out to Iowa to record, or if he did, he didn't stay very long. So when uh, Come On Go With Me was included in some kind of a compilation a couple years after it appeared on the MIU album, and they asked Brian to take a take a run at it, and he just came up with this horn arrangement and remixed it a little bit, and it's a much better song, and it got to like 18 or something in the U.S. charts in 1981. So here is the cover of the Dell Vikings song, Come On Go With Me, uh, by uh, with Al Jardine again on lead vocals because he likes his 50s covers, uh, and here it is. Dum, 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 dum. Come Go With Me to clear up the confusion, not Come and Go With Me as is listed uh, on YouTube and not Come On Go With Me as I said, but because at the end of the song they're saying Come On Go With Me, so I always get confused as the actual title of that song. All right, so we come up to Carl also interested in doing covers, and he was in the late 60s he was very interested in uh, soul music and Motown and uh, things coming out of Detroit. And as such, he gets interested in people like, you know, Stevie Wonder, uh, who he's going to cover here. And this song appears on the album 2020. This is also a point in their career where Brian is having some trouble and the rest of the band is trying to, you know, do more of the heavy lifting and take some of the, the, some of the weight off his shoulders. And so they kind of, you know, not, I wouldn't say experiment. Well, they do that too, but they also kind of, you know, go in different directions. They try to get away from the surf sound, but also while still maintaining a sound that the fans will be, you know, familiar with and be accepting of. But, uh, this is a, a, a great cover of a great tune. This is I Was Made to Lover from the Wild Honey album, Carl Wilson on lead vocals. Hey, hey, yes, 
uh, this I Was Made to Love Her, uh, uh, covering the Stevie Wonder hit there, Beach Boys, on the Wild Honey album. We're going to go to the 80s now for the next cover. Interesting cover here. Uh, people always thought that this the Beach Boys should have recorded the song originally, although it was a hit for the folks that wrote it. That, of course, would be uh, John Phillips and his group The Mamas and the Papas, California Dreaming. Hey, he uh, appears in the video for the song that the Beach Boys did in 1987. This is included on the Beach Boys Made in the USA compilation. Yes, the Beach Boys, I believe, have already more compilations than actual albums. They have 29 studio albums, and I think they have uh, like 50 compilations. This one came out in 86, I believe, or 87, and it featured, you know, the greatest hits, obviously. And then it had two new tracks, uh, one called Rock and Roll to the Rescue, an original, very good tune, and the other, uh, California Dreaming. Both released as singles, I believe, uh, made videos for both as well. And, and interestingly, I think Brian is actually in the video for for both of these. I know he's in Rock and Roll to the Rescue, and I'm pretty sure he's in California Dreaming. John Phillips also in California Dreaming. He plays The Preacher, a video shot in black and white. They had this gorgeous saxophone bit to it, and it's a really, really great cover of uh, a song that, you know, people think, you might think this, well, you know, people have covered the song, but has anyone done a better job than the mamas and the papas? And in this case, I think they have. This is California Dreaming from the Beach Boys, 1986. All the leaves are brown, leaves are brown. And the sky is gray I've been for a walk On a winter's day yeah. I'd be safe and warm If I was in L.A. California Dreaming by the Beach Boys with the help from John Phillips. I don't. He appeared in the video. Don't know if he helped out on the tune. He, I'm, I'm sure he's probably mixed up in there doing backing vocals. I should look that up. Uh, Michelle Phillips may have stopped by as well. Who knows? And uh, John Phillips will become important in the next episode as well. So we'll put a pin in that. Uh, we're back to Carl and back at the late '60s. The album 2020. Again, Carl very influenced by Motown. He's going to do a Barry Gordy tune, I believe. Barry Gordy wrote this. I better look that up too. It's called I Can Hear Music. It's considered one of Carl's best vocals, probably after God Only Knows. It's the Carl's best vocal, and it's just gorgeous. The uh, the the kid that's in Brian Wilson's band now, that's kind of his band leader, uh, did Darlin, which is also a Carl Wilson vocal, and I believe he did this, and he's fantastic. And I was I'm kind of arguing with people on the Facebook group, you know, the Team Mike, Team Brian argument, and I'm saying, boy, the, the two backing bands should just tour together, because they're both really, really good. But anyway, this is uh, Carl doing I Can Hear Music from the 2020 album.
I can hear music from the 2020 album, The Beach Boys. That doesn't mean that isn't what? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. That's our sixth, so we're down to the top four here. And a very, very famous Beach Boys tune. Some people, I didn't realize until a couple years into the fandom that this was not an original. Uh, it is covered, it is a cover of uh, a group called The Regents. And the song is called Barbara Ann. I believe the song came out in the early 60s. And it appears on the Beach Boys Party album from 1964. The Party album was, I guess, essentially a way for them to fulfill an album obligation they had and just to get an album out so Brian could hurry up and concentrate on making pet sounds. So basically the premise is they go into the Western recording studios in Hollywood and just have a little jam session. And you can hear they're supposed to be like glasses clinking and they're like having a party. And then I later found out when I bought the big – uh, disc that's got the all the mixes and the original recording on it is that they all those party sounds are dubbed in but then i found out that it was kind of a loose recording affair they weren't like eating pizza and drinking beer and clinking glasses like it sounds like on the record but it was very loose they were just throwing song ideas out and just recording whatever they felt like and not really doing a lot of multiple overdumbs and remixing uh, a little bit. But anyway, as the Beach Boys lore goes, and this seems to be an accurate story. People seem to have kept that this, this is a true story. Uh, so Dan and Gene, Dan and Gene, how about Jan and Dean are recording in the studio next door? And Jan Berry comes over, uh, or perhaps maybe it's Dean. No, it's Jan Berry comes over and asks, hey, what's going on? Well, we're making this album. We're just goofing off, recording a bunch of, doing some covers, redoing some of our songs differently. And uh, Jan goes, hey, how about doing Barbara Ann by the Regents? And they're like, okay. So that bit you hear where they really can't remember the words very well and they have to be coached, that actually is real. That wasn't overdubbed or done afterwards. They really do have a trouble remembering the words and Jan is trying to lead them along. Uh, it, legend has it, if you listen very closely at the end of the song, you can hear them say, thanks, Jan. Uh, and he actually walks out of the studio while the tape is still running. So anyway, and I guess that the thing too is he wasn't, allowed to be on the record because they were on different labels at the time. The Beach Boys were on Capitol and Jan and Dean were on Liberty, which I thought were, I thought Capitol owned Liberty. But anyway, so he's not supposed to be there. And anyway, Barbara Ann by the Beach Boys. I'm not going to play you the party version. I'm going to play you the version from Nebworth, the, a live concert in England, because this is a still to this day, a huge, huge live song. And I'm going to play you kind of from the middle and when they get to the bridge, I want you to picture in your mind, and they don't really do this anymore, which is sad, but they used to do this in a lot of the concerts, and it was just great fun. When they get to the bridge of the song, uh, the, the guys that are, everybody basically except the drummer, uh, we, be it Bobby Figueroa or the late Dennis Wilson, depending on the cousin, would come out and they would do a little kick line. And it was just so fun. So here we go. Here's Barbara Ann from uh, the 1980 concert in Nebworth, England.
Barbara Ann, it is still the second to last song of the set. And we were we saw them in Dayton recently, and my wife was looking at the the, the set list thing uh, on her phone just to kind of see because it's a long drive back to Cincinnati from Dayton, and she wanted to make sure we got out ahead of the, the traffic. We beat all those old people out of there. And so they do Barbara Ann, and she goes, okay, they only have one song left. And I'm like, uh, I know. I've been, this is my 14th time. I think I know what time it is. So anyway, <laughs> fun, fun, fun is always the last song, kids, if you want to head out right after. So anyway, uh, we're, what are we up to? Top three from the album today, which I think is the one that precedes Party and has the big, big hit Help Me Rondo, which I believe is the second number one hit for the band. But they let the album lead off, they let Dennis lead off the album with a cover of a Bobby Freeman tune called Do You Want to Dance, also covered very nicely by the Ramones. Do check that version out. Ramones, very influenced by the Beach Boys. It all comes full circle, doesn't it? So here's Dennis Wilson, his first lead vocal, I believe, actually, from 1960, I want to say three or four. I can't remember when this album came out, but it's Do You Want to Dance? Do you want to dance? Want to dance? Dennis Wilson on lead vocals. The original version by Bobby Freeman was top five. The Beach Boys only got this to number twelve, which is kind of surprising. And uh, Del Shannon also covered this, amongst others. But I would say those are your four main versions of that song: the original by Bobby Freeman, the Beach Boys, the Ramones, and Del Shannon. So number two on our list from the very fine album All Summer Long, which I can tell you right now is going to place really highly when we do the album countdown. The a cover of a, a song by a group called The Mystics from 1959. It is their only hit. Their only other hit got to 98. This one got to was all top 20. Didn't even get to the top 10. Shockingly, it's such a great tune. And their version is really nice. But boy, oh boy, it is a vocal track. And the Beach Boys, you know, really, you know, pull out all the stops, as they say, uh, for lack of a better term I can find. And do this awesome, awesome version of Hushabye, which was not a single I looked up. I want to see where this got in the chart. They didn't even release it as a single. But I'm going to play you a really cool version from the box set that came out in 1994. It's uh, They put it so the one channel was the tracks, the other channel was the vocals. And I think I've remixed this so it is now only the vocal. And you'll hear a little bit of the, the track in the background. But uh, this is Hushabye, just the vocals by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Don't 
Hushabai, boy, really showing you that, yes, they are inarguably the America's best vocal group ever. Uh, we can have, a, a, I guess, a, a patriotic discussion about who the best you know, band is, uh, where they rank in all-time bands. Rolling Stone has them in the top ten, I know that. But, um, yeah, definitely the number one vocal group. I, I, would, I will argue that to my death. If you want to say, well, there's better bands, I'm like, well, okay, I don't, I don't think so, but I will accept your argument. There were a couple, a couple names I will say, well, I can't argue with that if that's your bag. So we got to, to the number one song. Again, it's uh, Al Jardine's hand is in this. It's Pet Sounds. Uh, Brian writes Pet Sounds with Tony Asher, uh, who I interviewed years and years ago. I wonder if I can find, dig that up and post it on the Facebook page for the podcast. It was a really great interview. He did the lyrics for the uh, for the album. And while they were recording it, Al Jardine was like, hey, we should also do a cover of this uh, old sea tune called Sloop John B. And Brian's like, okay. So they do that. And it's uh, released as a single, becomes a big hit. It's one of the singles from the album. It is a, a staple in concert to this day. It's a lot of fun in, in concert. Uh, I'll just play the, this is the stereo mix from the Pet Sounds box set that came out a couple of years ago. This is the number one, my number one Beach Boys cover, one of my favorite Beach Boys songs. It's Sloop John B. We come on this Sloop John B. Sloop John B. from the Beach Boys, uh, my number one cover uh, by the Beach Boys. And next week, we're going to get into the Beach Boys originals. We'll rank the top 10. And after that, we'll do in three parts, the we'll rank the 29 album. But we're only going to do 27, and I'll explain why when we get there. We are now up to our song of the week, which is uh, from a fellow Beach Boy fan. He posted this the other day. I, and I forgot about this band that he likes and this kind of sound that he digs. It's our friend Murray Valeriano, comedian, born in New Jersey. Uh, like me, grew up loving the Beach Boys in California. And as soon as he would turned 18, he moved out to California and tried to do stand-up, uh, succeeded at doing stand-up, but then also became a more successful comedy writer. Still does stand-up, but it's written a lot for television. And he's a he's a rotating co-host on our friend uh, Pat Francis's Rock Solid podcast. You can check him out there. Uh, just Google Marie Valeriano and you'll have all your 
Marie Valeriano needs satisfied. He has a fan page on Facebook. You can follow him there as well. But anyway, he posted this song by Gang of Youth. They're from Australia. This is their new single, Angel of 8th Avenue. And he posted, you know, I keep coming back to this sound. I, I can kind of see that. It's that kind of fits in with sort of Mumford and Sons. It's kind of that adult rock sound, but it's not really rocky, but it's got kind of a lot of layers to it. And uh, you'll see what I mean as soon as this, this starts up. Uh, shockingly, they hadn't had that many hits in their native Australia. And they've only got to like 20-odd, 30-odd with some of their songs, which is crazy. These guys are really good. And this one is still, I think, in the process of climbing the charts over there. It is the Angel of 8th Avenue. This gang of youth it is our song of the week on PF Tape Recorder. Thanks to Murray Valeriano. So long and thanks for listening. Fucking hammers in my back But you are good to me still